Greetings, family. Welcome to today's podcast. Carrying the message for December the 10th, Daily Reflections. Fernando Alcoholic, let's pray, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. The Daily Reflections has been kicking butt all month long, talking about carrying the message to others. It's a work of art that is just an amazing, you know, if we value each word as we read it. So here we go, and we are. And thank you so much for coming down here. Uh, High five and an electronic hug. If no one's told you, they love you. I care. I love you. You know, I... We're the, we're the change individuals, you know. We're the ones with the receive that miracle of the program that has changed our lives. And now, we're just carrying the message by osmosis. <laughs> carrying the message by osmosis. You heard it right here, people. Give them heaven. Carry it through osmosis as you live your life uh, joyful, enthusiastic, and free. Nothing missing, nothing broken, all inclusive, exclusive, whatever. Worker among workers, all these saying produce a great life. We put it in our hopper, and later on, it pays off, right? That's what we experience. We expose ourselves to the program, and the program exposed us to the world through osmosis. All right, enough of me and my coffee. Let's go ahead, carrying the message. Daily Reflections. Here we go. Thank you so much. Now, what about the rest of the 12th step? The wonderful energy it releases and the eager action by which it carries our message to the next suffering alcoholic and which finally translates the 12 steps into action upon all our affairs is the payoff the magnificent reality of Alcoholic Anonymous. Amen. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 109. Get excited about this stuff, man. This stuff it rocks. <clears throat> to renounce the alcoholic world is not to abandon it, but to act upon principles. I have come to love and cherish and to restore in others who still suffer the serenity I have come to know. When I am fully committed to this purpose, it matters little what clothes I wear or how I make a living. My task is to carry the message and to lead by example, not to sign. All right, now, we're in a world that's inundated with alcohol all around. Billboards, family members, everybody, uh, toasting. But we act on principles. We act on principles that are proven principles to produce a good life. I have come to love and cherish these principles and to see them be restore others who still suffer is the highlight of our my, my life, our lives. 
So we're always turned on. <laughs> we are turned on, baby. We're, we're on fire. If you put that meter on our foreheads, <clears throat> we're 110. 100, we're giving it all. We are truly committed to this purpose. Millions of us. It just boggles the imagination, the, uh, the amount of uh, wisdom there is in this program. I find the most talented, the most wisest, the most compassionate, giving, well-rounded individuals in this program. And they are my heroes. I'm conversing with guys that have over 40 years. Those are my friends. I used to converse and have my friends were over 80 years when I was in my 20s and 30s, just through their, their wisdom, their laughter. Be a member of other associations like... Uh, 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 Businessmen International. I used to attend that. I got invited by a guy that was over 80 years old. And I'm sitting in the table. I'm, I'm in my 20s. I'm sitting, or in my early 30s. And I'm sitting in the table with everybody is over 80 years old. And everybody's talking to each other. No one's talking to me. I'm just observing. And they're laughing and loving and caring for each other. And, and then when the speaker talks, he speaks good sense, common sense, pro, pro, productive sense, doesn't stand up and make a, a comedy routine that doesn't make any sense to a, a, a people that need uh, entertainment. It's all about dishing out what we're dishing out right here. Words of purpose <clears throat> that we can osmos them. All right, moving on here. I'm belittling the point. I can hear you thinking. I'm going to move on real quick like we're uh, to, I guess, this is where God is carrying me through. We're going to be reading Proverbs today. We're going to mix it up. Proverbs 10. It's got a great uh, recovery message in it. Written over 3,000 years ago. How about that? Written over 3,000 years ago. Who would have thought? that, um, you know, they drank, they had the same problems, laziness, uh, boredom, uh, poor me, poor me, way back then. Uh, so right here, it just, it just uh, strain, strains me up pretty good. You know, when I saw these, I, I blushed. When they used to use the word foolish and fool and keep going back to his vomit, I flushed because I knew the truth. We know the truth, guys. We know what doesn't work. That's the truth for us. Thank God there's other truths out there that we can assimilate in our lives. Here is Proverbs of Solomon. Proverbs 10, verse 1. A wise child brings joy to a father. A foolish child brings grief to their parents. Tainted wealth has no lasting value, but right living can save your life. The Lord will not let the godly go hungry, but he refuses to satisfy the cravings of the wicked. You better think about that if you're eating uh, like I do yesterday. I went to a buffet. That pun this thing punched me right in the stomach. I read it in Spanish earlier. I don't want the Lord to let me go craving. 
Okay, number four, lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. And be us being early at this task, listening to this, we're wise to do that. Number five, a wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during a harvest is disgrace. Is a disgrace. The godly are showered with blessings. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. We have happy memories of the godly, but the name of a wicked person rots away. The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. The wise are glad to be instructed. People with integrity walk safely. But those who follow crooked path will be exposed. Verse 10. People who wink at wrong causes trouble. People who wink at wrong cause trouble. But a bold reproof promotes peace. But a bold reproof promotes peace. The words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. Wise words come from the lips of people with understanding. Wise words come from the lips of people with understanding, but those who those lacking sense will be beaten with a rod. Oh. Wise people treasure knowledge, but the babbling of fools invites disaster. The wealth of the rich is their fortress. The poverty of the poor is their destruction. The earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money on sin. People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life. But those who ignore correction will go astray. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The heart of fools is worthless. The words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he has no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he has no sorrow with it. Doing wrong is fun for a fool, but living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. Living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. The fear of the wicked will be fulfilled. The hopes of the godly will be granted. When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away. But the godly have a lasting foundation. Lazy people irritate their employers like vinegar to the teeth or smoke in the eyes. Fear of the Lord Lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. 
The hopes of the godly result in happiness, but the expectation of the wicked come to nothing. The way of the Lord is a stronghold to those with integrity, but it destroys the wicked. The godly will never be disturbed, but the wicked will be removed from the land. The mouth of the godly person gives wise advice, but the tongue that devices will be cut off. Excuse me, the tongue that deceives will be cut off. The lips of the godly speak hopeful words, but the mouth of the wicked perverse words. I'm going to go ahead and read this in a different translation. Um, uh, I think there's, if they loosen up, they will give us a, a street message. All right, let's go ahead and go with the message Bible real quick, like, and see how that pans out, please. Thank you for listening to me today. We are doing the deal, doing the hard work, listening to... Uh, the wise sayings of Solomon. He says, an honest life is immortal. Here we go again. One, wise son, glad father. Stupid son, sad mother. Ill-gotten gains gets you nowhere. An honest life is immortal. God won't starve an honest soul, but he frustrates the appetites of the wicked. Slot makes you poor Diligence brings wealth. Make hay while the sun shines. That's smart. Go fishing during harvest. That's stupid. Blessing accrue on a good and honest life, but the mouth of the wicked is a dark cave of abuse. I like the word accrue. I haven't heard that in a long time. Blessings accrue. Blessings have been accruing on me, and I have a good and honest life. But the mouth of the wicked is a dark cave of abuse. A good and honest life is a blessed memorial. A wicked life leaves a rotten stench. A good and honest life is a blessed memorial. A wise heart takes orders. An empty head will come unglued. Honest lives, honesty lives confident and carefree, but shifty is sure to be exposed. And evasive eye is a sign of trouble ahead, but an open face-to-face meeting results in peace. The mouth of a good person is a deep life-giving well, but the mouth of the wicked is a dark cave of abuse. Hatred starts fights, but love pulls a quit over the bickering. You'll find wisdom on the lips of a person of insight, but the short-sighted needs a slap in the face. Woo! The wise accumulate knowledge, a true treasure. Know it all, talk too much, a sheer waste. The wealth of the rich is their bastion. The wealth of the rich is their bastion. The poverty of the indigent is their ruin. Come on now, guys. Give me these words that we don't use. The wealth of the rich is their stronghold. The, the poverty of the foolish is their ruin. 
Okay, we'll go, we'll go with that. Of the poor is their ruin. The wages of a good person is exuberant life. An evil person ends up with nothing but sin. The wages of a good person is exuberant life. What's exuberant for us? Sleep, your own toilet, shower, time. How about time? Exuberant. How about having time and plenty of resources to enjoy time and do things for others? That's a miracle right there, huh? The road to life is a disciplined life. Ignore correction and you lost your loss for good. The road to life, in other words, eternal abundant life, is a paying attention life. Obedience, obey. Ignore correction and you're lost for good. You know, you know what I mean. Let's keep going. Liars secretly hoard hatred. Fools openly spread slander. Liars secretly hoard hatred. Fools openly spread slander. The more talk, the less truth. The wise measure their words. Whoa. The speech of a good person is worth waiting for. The blabber of the wicked is worthless. The talk of a good person is rich fare for many. But chatterboxes die for an empty heart. The talk of a good person is rich fare for many. But chatterboxes die in an emp- of an empty heart. The next verse is, is called, Fear of God expands your life. Reverence, honor, worship of God expands your life. God's blessings make life rich. Nothing we do can improve on God. God's blessings makes one rich, makes life rich. An empty-headed thinks mischief is fun, but a mindful person relishes wisdom. Relishes wisdom. The nightmares of the wicked come true. What the good people desire, they get. And that's the true one right there. When the storm is over, there is nothing left of the wicked. Good people, firm on their rock of foundation, aren't even faced. A lazy employee will give you nothing but trouble. It's vinegar in the mouth, smoke in the eyes. The fear of God expands your life. A wicked life is a puny life. The aspiration of good people end in celebration. The ambitions of bad people crash. God is solid backing to a well. Excuse me, I'm going too fast. The aspirations of good people end in a celebration. The ambitions of bad people crash, crash and burn. God is solid, a solid backing to a well-lived life, but he calls into question a shabby performance. Mm. Good people last, they can be moved. The wicked are here today, gone tomorrow. A good person's mouth is a clear fountain of wisdom. A fool's mouth is a stagnant swamp. The speech of a good person clears the air. The words of the wicked polluted. The words of the wicked polluted. (coughs) Excuse me. 
Okay, our next will be uh, Psalms 10. We're going to stay with the um, Message Bible. God, are you avoiding me? Where are you when I need you? Full of hot air, the wicked are hot on the trail of the poor. Trip them up, tangle them up, and in their fine-tuned plots. The wicked are windbags. The swindlers have fall breath. The wicked snub God. Their noses stuck high in the air. Their graffiti are scrawled on the walls. Catch us if you can, God is dead. They care nothing for what you think. If you get in their way, they blow you off. They live, they think, a charmed life. We can't go wrong. This is our lucky year. They carry a mouthful of hexes. Their tongues spit venom like adders. They hide behind ordinary people, then pounce on their victims. They mark the luckless, then wait like a hunter in a, in a blind. When the poor wretch wanders too close, they stab him in the back. The helpless fool is kicked to the ground. The unlucky victim is brutally axed. He thinks God has dumped him. He's sure that God is indifferent to his plight. Time to get up, God, get moving. The luckless think they're God forsaken. They wonder why the wicked scorn God and get away with it. Why the wicked are so cocksure they'll never come up for audit. But you know all about it. The contempt, the abuse, I dare to believe that the luckless will get lucky someday in you. You won't let them down. Orphans won't be orphans forever. Break the wicked right arms. Break all the evil left arms. Search and destroy every sign of crime. God's grace and order wins. Godlessness loses. The victim's faint pulse picks up. The heart of the hopeless pump red blood as you put your ear to their lips. Orphans get parents. The homeless get homes. The reign of terror is over. The rule of the gang lords is ended. Now we'll go to Psalms 40. And then we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you for listening so far. A, a David Psalm. I waited and waited and waited for God. At last he looked. Finally he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch. Pulled me from the deep mud. Pulled me from the deep mud. He stood me up on a solid rock. To make sure I wouldn't slip, he taught me how to sing the latest God song, a praise song to our God. More and more people are seeing this. They enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. More and more people are seeing this. They enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. Blessed are you who give yourself over to God. Turn your backs on the world's sure thing. Ignore that the world, what the world worships, we ignore it. The world's a huge stockpile of God wonders and God thoughts. Nothing and no one come closest 
come close to you. I start talking about you, telling what I know, and quickly run out of words. Neither numbers nor words account for you, Lord. Doing something for you, bringing something to you, that's not what you're after. Being religious, acting pious, that's not what you're asking for. You opened my ears so I can listen, so I answered. I'm coming. I read in your letters what you wrote about me, and I am coming to the party you're throwing for me. That's when God's word entered my life, became part of my very being. I preached you to the whole congregation. I kept back nothing. God, you know that. I didn't keep the news of your ways. A secret didn't keep it to myself. I told it all. How dependable you are. How thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love and truth for myself alone. I told it all. Let the congregation know the whole story. Now, God, don't hold out on me. Don't hold back your passion. Your love and truth are all that keeps me together. When troubles gang up on me, a mob of sins past counting, I was so swamped by guilt I couldn't see my way clear. More guilt in my heart than hairs on my head. So heavy the guilt that my heart gave out. Soften up, God, and intervene. Hurry and get me some help. So those who are trying to kidnap my soul will be embarrassed and lose face. So anyone who gets a kick out of making me miserable will be heckled and disgraced. Those who pray for my ruin will be booed and jeered without mercy. But all who are hunting for you, oh, let them sing and be happy. Let those who know what you're all about tell the world you're great and not quitting. And me, I am a mess. I'm nothing and have nothing. Make something of me. You can do it. You got what it takes. But God, don't put it off. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Give them heaven. Let's go ahead and pray out with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working. coming to today's podcast of reading the AA Big Book. We're going to take you about 15-20 minutes of reading and get our, our words in for the day. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. I have my friend Rick and uh, he's in the program and I hope other people show up too. Um, let's go ahead and get started. We'll say the uh, set aside prayer. God, I set aside everything I think I know about you. Everything I think I know about myself, 
my fellow man and this program for a fresh new revelation in you and <clears throat> revelation to myself and my fellow man and these 12 steps in Jesus name. Amen. Serenity prayer, please. <clears throat> God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay, since we said the serenity prayer, let's go ahead and start in page 420, and then we'll go from there, okay? Uh, 420? Yeah, 420. It, it starts out, it says, Perhaps the best thing of all for me is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations of Max and other people are, the lower is my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations, but when my rice try to move in, and they too can force my serenity level down, I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself, how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than on anything else, I can remember that I them at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit around and do nothing while waiting for Him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me that needs to be done and leave the results up to Him, however it turns out. That's God's will for me. I must keep my magic mind, my mind on my acceptance and off my expectation for my serenity level is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for it. Thank God. Okay, let's jump to page 416, please, where it says, It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue, that I have been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I have not been aware of that compulsion at that time, and that sobriety was not a matter of willpower. The people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had. But I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. That last thing, uh, something that has been approved in the season of my drinking problem. Uh, I've been around some of my secret alcohol pills and finding the program not working very well. Not following programs, the program working very well. I was finally able to say, okay, God, it's true. Of all people straight to me, say, you know, I can give my permission. Really, really, I'm an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem, I began living in the answer to the problem. But away from that moment on, I have had not one single culture to drink. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it's because I find some person, place, thing, or some situation in my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. Unless I could... Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in my attitudes. 
I'm going to go ahead and jump over here to page 418 where it says, Acceptance has been the answer to my marital problems. It is though AA has given me a new pair of glasses. Max and I have been married now for 35 years. Prior to our marriage, when she was a shy, scrawny adolescent, I was able to see things in her that others couldn't necessarily see. See things like beauty, charm, gaiety, a gift of being easy to talk to, a sense of humor, and many other fine qualities. It was if I had rather than a Midas touch which turned everything to gold. A magnifying the mind that magnified whatever it focused on. Over the years, as I've thought about Max, her good qualities grew and grew, and we married, and all these qualities became more and more apparent to me, and we were happier and happier. Okay, let's go ahead and jump back to uh, page 62. Good morning, Anthony, on selfishness. Yes, please. We are, we are woving, weaving our readings a little different this morning. Self-centeredness, uh, self Selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think that is a root of all our troubles, driven by hundred forms of self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity, we step on our toes and our fellows that retaliate. Sometimes we hurt us seemingly without provocation, and invariably find that at some time in the past we have made decisions based on self, which later put us in a position to be hurt. So we think our trouble is, we, we think, so our troubles is we think is basically our own making. We rise out of ourselves and alcohol is an extreme example of self-world run riot. We, no, we usually didn't think so of everything. Alcohol must be rid of the selfishness. We must sort of kill us. God makes that possible. And how often of us have, how often of us seems there's no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral, physiological convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we'd like to. Neither could we reduce ourselves centered as much by wishing or trying. We had to have God's help. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter, in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch, which we passed through freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer being all-powerful. He provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could slay face life successfully, as we became conscious of his presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. We're now in step three. Many of us said to our maker as goodness to have God, I offer myself to thee. Go with me and do with me thou thou wilt. Uh, relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my, my difficulties and victor over them. May you, you bear witness to those who I have helped. Of thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Uh, we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready and that we could uh, at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Okay, let me go ahead and read this, this portion here on page 25. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. 
The central fact of our life today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do for ourselves. Page 76, please. When ready, we say something like this, My Creator, I am not willing that He should have all of me, good and bad, I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Let's jump to page 86, please, on awakening. Follow the objectives of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new, wonderful 
page 83. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace, no matter how far down the scale we have gone. We will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will and truly know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Okay, let's turn to page 43 and we finish it up. Thank, thank you for hanging in there with me, Rick. <laughs> uh, no problem. 43, what is the, uh, what's for the certain time that I have, what's for the alcohol? family welcome to today's podcast from faith to faith with gloria copeland for december the 10th seek god first our scripture for today is matthew 6:33. seek you first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you seek you first the kingdom of god and his right standing And all the things we need will be accumulated unto you. Gloria says, Whenever Ken and I talk about living by faith, I know there are some people who think, Oh, that's so easy for you. You're preachers. You have it made. And in some ways we do. We have it made because our calling demands that we give God our attention. And giving God your attention always brings success. 
But we haven't always lived that way. In fact, the first time I ever saw Kenneth Copeland, he was about as far from a preacher as I figured you could get. He flew planes and sang in nightclubs for extra money. As for me, I was a college girl who says she would never marry a preacher and who had never even heard about the new birth. Right after we got married, Kent went into a business enterprise that we thought was going to make us rich. So I quit my job and went to work for this new company. Two weeks later, it folded. We ended up sleeping on a rented rollaway bed that sagged in the middle. We had a rough iron coffee table Ken made in high school and a black and white TV. Nothing else. No refrigerator, no stove. I cooked in my coffee pot in an electric skillet and used a cardboard box on the porch to keep our food cold. We were flat broke, unemployed, deeply in debt. I had nowhere to go, no furniture, no nothing. Then one day I picked up the Bible Ken's mother had given him for his birthday. In the front she written this verse, Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I turned in and read Matthew 6. It said, God care for the birds. For the first time in my life, I got into my heart. It got into my heart that God cared where I was and what I was doing. I figured if he cared for the birds, he cared for me. I knelt in the bare room and told Jesus that if he could do anything with my life, he could certainly have it. That's all I remember saying. I had no idea I had just been born again. Two weeks later, Ken found a new job. We moved to a new furnished apartment and bought a better car. In the midst of it all, something else happened. Ken got born again too. Don't worry if you don't have it made. We certainly didn't when we all this started. <clears throat> Just stick with God and let him make you. He is a good God who is good to all. Psalms 145.9 Make a decision in your heart to seek him first. Then all the other things will be added. Additional reading is in Matthew, excuse me. Psalms 128, which I'm going to go ahead and read that for you right now, because I know you're probably driving. i got to switch over languages here on my trusty computer, version. best thing that ever happened to us. Here we go. Everything is the best thing that ever happened to this kid, huh? All right, we're going to go to the New Living Translation. It's one of my favorites for right now. The, oh, i got to do it all over again here. Thank you for coming in today's readings. Psalm 128, a song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. 
how joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. May the Lord continually bless you from Zion. May you see Jerusalem prosper as long as you live. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. May Israel have peace. Amen. Reading of Limitless Love by Kenny Copeland for December the 10th. When love drives us to our knees. In 1 John 5.16 it says, If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life. 1 John 5.16 Notice that that verse doesn't say that if we see our brother sin, we should call one of our friends and tell about it. It doesn't say we ought to get together at the coffee shop after church and criticize that brother for his bad behavior. It says we should pray for him and God will give him life. Real heartfelt prayer offered on behalf of a fellow believer who has stumbled and fallen into sin is one of the most powerful expressions of love. It opens the door to the Spirit of God and gives him access to people the devil has brought through ignorance and deception. Our prayers of intercession can destroy the works of the devil in the lives of our brothers and sisters in Christ so that the full and perfect plan of God can be fulfilled. Our prayers can set them free. If we'll make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit to pray for each other in love, he'll bring us to the point where we know by the Spirit when someone needs prayer. Even if we don't specifically know what to pray for, we can pray perfectly in other tongues until we have the assurance in our hearts that the will of God has been done. That's what the Apostle Paul was referring to in Romans 8, 26 and 28 when he wrote, Likewise, the Spirit also help our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Many people think that passage is saying that even the things the devil does will work for the good of those who are called of God. Paul didn't mention the devil there. He was talking about the things of God. The name of Jesus, the gift of the Spirit, the Word of God, and all the other spiritual weapons or warfare sent into the earth by Jesus to make the body of Christ strong and victorious. If we will begin to use those weapons in prayer for one another, they'll all work together and bring forth God's good plan for our lives. And the evil schemes of Satan will not work at all. When love drives us to our knees to intercede for our sinning brother instead of to the telephone to tell on him, 
we will all step into the greatest victory we have ever known. Reading of John, chapter 14, in the Spiritual Renewal Bible, New Living Translation. Don't be troubled, you must trust God. Now trust me. There are many rooms in my Father's home, and I am going to prepare a place for you. If this were not so, I would tell you plainly. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know where I'm going and how to get there. No, no, we don't know. Lord, Thomas said, we haven't any idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Hmm. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had known who I am, then you would have known who my Father is. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, Philip, don't you even yet know who I am? Even after all the time I have been with you, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking to see him? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of what you have seen me do. The truth is, Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, because the work of the Son brings glory to the Father. Yes, ask anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you do because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you, and in just a little while the world will not see me again. But you will, for I will live again, and you will too. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who obey my commandments are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them. And I will reveal myself to each one of them. 
Judas, not Iscariot, but the other disciple with the same name said, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, All those who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and live with them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not do what I say. And remember, my words are not my own. This message is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Counselor as my representative, and by the Counselor I mean the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything, and I will remind you of everything myself, what I myself have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives you. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you will be very happy for me. Because now I go to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that you will believe when they do happen. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the prince of this world approaches. He has no power over me. But I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Jesus, the true vine, chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. And here is how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. You are my friends if you obey me. I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father has told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. 
I command you to love each other. The world's hatred. When the world hates you, remember it hated me before it hated you. The world will love you if you belong to it, but you don't. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. The people of the world will hate you because you belong to me. For they don't know God who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sins. Anyone who hates me hates my father too. If I hadn't done much miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be counted guilty. But as it is, they saw all that I did and yet hated both of us, me and my father. This has fulfilled the scripture said. They hated me without a cause. But I will send you the counselor, the spirit of truth, and he will come to you from the Father and will tell you all about me and you must also tell others about me because you have been with me from the beginning. Chapter 16 I have told you these things so that you won't fall away for you will be expelled from the synagogues and the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing God a service. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I am telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember. I warned you. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And none of you asked me, where am I going? Instead, you are very sad because it is actually best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the counselor won't come. If I do go away, he will come because I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convince the world of his sins and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is unbelief in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the prince of this world has already been judged. Oh, there is so much more I want to tell you. But you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not be representing His own ideas. He will be telling you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by revealing to you whatever He receives from me. All that the Father has is mine. That is what I mean when I say that the Spirit will reveal to you whatever He receives from me. Sadness will be turned to joy. In just a little while, I will be gone and you won't see me anymore. Then just a little while after that, you will see me again. The disciples ask each other, what does he mean when he says, you won't see me, and then you will see me? And what does he mean when he says, I am going to the Father? And what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. 
Jesus realized they wanted to ask him, so he said, Are you asking yourself what I mean? I said, In just a little while, I will be gone, and you won't see me anymore. Then in just a little while after that, you will see me again. Truly, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice, for you you will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. When you see me again, it will be like a woman experiencing the pains of labor when her child is born. Her anguish gives place to joy because she has brought a new person into the world. You have sorrow now, I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. The truth is is that you, you can go directly to the Father and ask Him, and He will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I have spoken of these matters in parables, but the time will come when this will not be necessary, and I will tell you plainly all about the Father. Then you will ask me in my name. Then you will ask in my name. I am not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world, and I will leave the world and return to the Father. When his disciples said, At last you are speaking plainly and not parables. Now we understand that you know everything and don't need anyone to tell you anything. From this we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, Do you finally believe? But the time is coming, in fact, is already here when you will be scattered, each one of you, his own way, leaving me alone. Yet, I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Chapter 17, The Prayer of Jesus. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son so the Son can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone in all the earth. He gives eternal life to each one of you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by doing everything you told me to do. And now, Father, bring me into the glory we share before the world began. I have told these men about you. They were in the world, but then you gave them to me. Actually, they were always yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the words you gave me, and they accepted them and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. 
and all of them since they are mine belong to you and you have given them back to me so they are my glory now i am departing the world i am leaving them behind and coming to you holy father keep them and care for them all those you have given me so that they will be united just as we are during my time here i have kept them safe I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scripture foretold. And now I am coming to you. I have told them many things while I was with them so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I don't do not I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They are not part of this world any more than I am. Make them pure and holy by teaching them your words of truth. As you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself entirely to you, so that they also might be entirely yours. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me because of their testimony. My prayer for all of them is that they will be one, just as you and I are one, Father. That just as you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us and the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are, I in them and you in me, all being perfected into one. Then the world will know that you sent me and will understand that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you've given me to be with me so they can see my glory. You gave me the glory because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me, and I have revealed you to them and will keep on revealing you. I will do this so that your love for me may be in them and I in them.